talk to you about a subject that is massive. It's so massive. Um, I have smelled the foul breath of fear. I've smelled it. Uh, Have you ever experienced what the Bible calls sudden fear? Sudden fear? Fear that is not imagined or expected. Uh, Now, fear is not all bad. There's such a thing as the fear of the Lord, beginning of wisdom. What is the fear of the Lord? Is a consciousness of God's constant presence everywhere you go. Um, The night does not hide. You know, the sinner, the old old sinner that doesn't recognize God, he he does a lot of his sinning at night because somehow he's more comfortable because he feels like nobody's watching him. It's, it's interesting that he also, if you go to uh, bars or places that they haunt, uh, they're dark. They're dark. I car- as a carpet layer, I carpeted a few of those places, and they would have to turn the lights on for me to do the carpet. You wouldn't believe how dirty they are. You just would not believe how dirty they are. I think they keep the lights down because just they don't have to clean. But I, I'm not sure of that. But uh, there, this, there's, a bad, there's, a, there's a good fear. I'm not going to talk about that this morning. I'm going to talk about the fear this morning that is debilitating, dangerous, and destructive. Uh, I'm going to talk about the fear, and the fear is found that I'm going to, this word sudden fear. If you take your Bibles, uh, if you have uh, maybe an iPad or a phone with a Bible on it, electronic. When I travel, I only use my electronic Bible. Proverbs 3, 25, 26. Proverbs 3, 25, and 26. Here's what it says. It says, be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked, when it cometh, not if it cometh, but when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Now, if you haven't about memorized that verse or you don't know where it's at, you need to remember it. You young people, you will need it. You older folks know you already have had to use it. Uh, Our country is in a much bigger crisis, I think, than a lot of people understand. Uh, There's been articles, many different uh, briefings, different things I've read, and the divisions in America are are deeper than before the Civil War of 1860. I'm not an alarmist. I'm not an alarmist. I'm not a conspiracist. But I'm going to tell you, we don't need any more division to create a civil war. Uh, what you're seeing going on right now is, is uh, anarchy. It's anarchy. Lawlessness. And it is, it is, it'll create, it should at least, naturally without God, create some anxiety, some fear, um, some maybe dismay that the country which he was born in 
is, is coming to a crisis. Fear in the Bible is mentioned some 307 times in the Old Testament. 307 times. That shows you how big fear is in the human life. It's mentioned 78 times in the New Testament in, diff in different contexts, of course. The, word, the phrase fear not, fear not, is mentioned 48 times in the Old Testament. Now, you know, when God tells you to fear not, that means you must have a propensity to fear. Is that right? He wouldn't tell you to fear not 48 times if there wasn't a propensity to fear. In the New Testament, which is a fifth of the Bible, the New Testament is just a fifth of the Bible. Four-fifths of the Bible is Old Testament. So, in the New Testament, the word fear not, the phrase fear not, it appears 14 times. So, if, if my mother told me to do something once, or my dad told me to do something once, I may not do it. The second time, I would do it for sure. The third time, I would feel it. When God begins to tell you something over and over and over, and you start reading the Bible, and it's important you read the Bible through to get this, or you'll miss all this. And you start seeing that. What he's doing is he's, he's creating emphasis for you. So it's obvious by looking at just the statistics of the word fear and fear not, that fear is a major subject in anyone's life. There are many, many, and I'm not going to waste your time and listen how many there are because there's just a whole list like this, single space, of phobias or fears that people have. They're what I call unnatural, unfounded, unrealistic fear. Fear of spiders. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I don't know anyone that's died of spider bite, personally, have died of spider bite. I've known some people that, get, that were bitten by a brown recluse, but they had a poor immune system, and they got uh, whatever that bacteria got injected in them, and, they, and, you know, and they almost died, but most of them, in fact, one of them's here, I think. Uh, well, never mind. But anyway, but I, I'm not afraid of spiders. I, I mean, we have spiders in that gym. That gym is a spider nursery. I'm serious. That's in the in the in the top of that gym. Literally, if we didn't do it, you could not see anything in the top of that gym. They would have covered it. And those are those big old nasty spiders. I don't know what they are. They got a pretty big body to them. And you get up there and you have to use a a, a tool where you you wind the webs up and the and the babies fall all over you. Thousands of. I I got done with them. I had I had spiders in my hair and in my in my clothes everywhere. And then I gave it to Barrows to do. And he's been doing it ever since. So far, Barrows has not died. You don't have to fear spiders, really. It's an unfounded, unrealistic fear of heights, fear of mice. I could let a little white mouse go in this auditorium, and we'd probably have some of you girls get up on the seat screaming, ah! Fear of frogs. I know people are afraid of frogs. Frogs, totally harmless. I eat them. <laughs> frog legs. Some of the best eating you ever have is old Okeechobee frog legs now. But pe there's people that literally, they get shortness, they get all the shortness of breath, the physical symptoms that go with fear. Fear of water. Fear of dogs. Fear of you name it. A whole list of, they're unfounded, unrealistic. 
few people in these unrealistic fears are ever harmed by them because these fear, these phobias are without reason. They're unexplainable and without reason. But people that have them, it's real for them. It'll change where they go, what they do, how they behave. These kinds of fears, debilitating and harmful, they drain your energy, they change your decisions, and they weaken your resolves. I have good news for you. I have good news for you if you're a victim of fear. If you're a victim of anxiety, I have good news for you. Fear in a born-again Christian indicates a lack of trust in God, which is interpolated as sin. All unbelief is sin. Do you all agree with that? Everybody know the Bible? All unbelief is sin. The first sin in Adam and Eve was unbelief. Unbelief is literally the foundation of all sin. You don't believe God, you sin. He tells you don't do that, you do it. You, 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 know, you learn how to... Unbelief, and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clarify this for you. Or, if it's not in outright unbelief, uh, that, that basically you should not fear it, but you do. It could be a lack of understanding, because there's a maturity process here. A lack of understanding of, of God and His provisions and His promises for you once you get born again. Now, according to Proverbs 3.25, part B, the last part about that, fear is coming upon the wicked. Now, we live in a country who the, where the, in the last three years, the wicked have unveiled uh, themselves. They've taken off their pretty coat. They've taken the gloves off. They don't anymore try to hide behind a false a concern for people and a false, a false compassion and a false all that. that now they've finally just, they've been forced in the last two, three years to come out and, and be stripped naked and reveal themselves for who they are. The truth is this year, the, the, that group of people killed one million children. That's 10 cities of a million people or, or 100,000 people, excuse me. 10 cities. Give you a perspective, Bonita Springs, 45,000 people. In the winter, 95,000. If you took everybody in Bonita in the, in the February, the height of our population, as you can tell, February is the height of population. Those people have been evaporated off the face of the earth. I don't know of a more hideous, a more cruel crime that you could do but to kill an innocent baby that has no yes, no, no, hasn't even had a chance to come out of the womb and be born and live or die. I don't know of anything harsher than that. Why, if I take a dog, if I own a dog and I take him in front of you people and I say, this dog here, I don't like him anymore, and I take my 357 python and I put it to his head and blow his head off, you know what you're going to do? You're going to rise up in anger. And if I don't get lynched on the spot, you're going to call the PETA, PETA, everybody else, and you're going to have me thrown in jail for animal cruelty? Is that, is that true or not? Oh, you folks wouldn't do that. But those folks will. But brother and sister, their fear is going to come upon them. Let's read it. 
Proverbs chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. I can't give you the whole thing, but I'm going to give you a little sample. Take it home with you, meditate over it, read the whole passage. See if what I'm saying is not so. Proverbs 126 says, God talking. The, the preface to this is, God comes to you and calls. He, he whispers to you, he calls to you, he woos you. And, and I think every human being ever born, God comes by his house. Because God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So God comes by everybody's house, and they, they say yes, they say no. For those who say no, here's what he says. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock. Now, this is talking about the holy God that we worship. I will mock your, when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, your destruction is a whirlwind, as that's a tornado or, or a hurricane. When distress and anguish come upon you, then shall they call upon me. But I will not answer. They shall seek me early. The word early can mean diligently. But they shall not find me. The last part of the verse, he tells in Proverbs to the righteous, don't, don't, don't fear, don't be caught up with sudden fear. You don't worry about it. Because, but he said, there is coming upon the unsaved and upon the unrighteous and upon those who have rejected God, the fears that they have, and worse. Fear, however, is forbidden for a saved person. 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. Do you believe that or not? His eyes are... Do you believe that God's watching what, what you're doing? Do you believe even God cares about what you're doing? The Bible says he does. The Bible says... He knows how many hairs on your head, and that varies from day to day. He, the Bible says, Jesus' words, that the sparrow that falls out there dead. I had a bird die this week. One of my, one of my parakeets died. When that parakeet died, God knew it. You say, God don't care about that parakeet. Yes, he does. He made it. He cares about all his creation. You just don't understand how big God is, how deep, how wide. And that's because of unbelief. But he says here that the Lord, if, if God is watching me and his ears are open unto my cry, uh, and then in verse 13, who is he that will harm you? If you be followers of that which is good. Peter says, but, but. If ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Now, I need to, we need to get this in real good. Um, because this last election could have went the other way. Had it gone the other way, we preachers would be the first victims of the wave of persecution. And we would be shut up, shut down, called hate mongers, sued out of existence. And if that didn't work, outright just put in custody. You know what God says about all that? Ah, oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. In fact, if they do that to you, happy you are. Happy you get to suffer for my sake. I say happy. 
I think I got a new attitude. How about you? That's the Bible. Even when bad things happen to you being a Christian, realize it's for Jesus' sake and be happy that you have been allowed to represent Jesus Christ. Also understand that at the worst of the thing that could come upon us, it is temporary and a necessary part of what our witness is on this earth. But lastly, realize after all of their, uh, they can do with us, they can't really hurt us. Jesus says, don't fear them that can kill the body. And after that, they can't do anything else. The worst they're going to do to you is kill you. That's the worst they're going to do to you. That's as bad as it's going to get. But after that, they can't touch you because you get to be with Christ and have a body like unto his body. So let me talk to you. That was introduction. Let me give you some thoughts from the Old Testament on fear. Be not afraid when you're outnumbered. All over the Old Testament, again and again, through the kings, judges, Joshua, Moses, all of them, over and over again, God appeals, appeals to his children. He appealed to Gideon, he appealed to Hezekiah, he appealed to others who were under attack, to face enemies that were massive, that were way bigger than they were. Mathematically, it was impossible to beat them. And God said, don't worry, trust me. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. Because that fear, first you're afraid and then you get discouraged. You get fear first and then you get dismayed or discouraged. Am I, am I speaking? You, you, you've had some fear? Because that's what he says over and over here. Be not dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. God's going to be with me all the way to the end. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I may take a lap. Fear insults a living God. Fear is opposite faith. Fear indicates that you believe the enemy is stronger than God is. The two, fear and faith, just do not mix like oil and water. They're diametrically opposed to each other. One erases the other. People who are full of faith do not have problems with fear. And people who are full of fear do not have any problems with faith. They don't have much faith. Don't believe. You say, Brother Bill, you don't understand. It comes on me. Yes, it does come on you. But God will come on you also. I've been afraid. I'm talking to everybody in this building. I don't doubt everybody in this building, the sound of my voice, wherever this thing goes, has been afraid at one time or another. I mean, you've been afraid. Just recently in Michigan, I had hunted all day, seen nothing, froze to death. Got in the car with Hal Hightower and his son, three preachers in a pickup truck. And we're going down a road. It's snowing. It's, it's 15 degrees or so. It's snowing. It's icy. And uh, there had been a head-on collision in front of us. Or both their lights were out. We're going about 45 mile an hour. We didn't see him. He couldn't stop, and we hit him head on. Trust me, as we, we had plenty of time between seeing him and hitting him. I mean, I can't tell you it was a good feeling, as, as Hal kept saying, I have no control. I can't stop. We're going to hit him. We're going to hit him. I can't stop. 
we're going to hit him. He just kind of talking us through it. I don't know what the deal is. That's not a good feeling. But God was with me every bit, every, as much then as he is with me right now. And had that been the end of my life, that would have been God's plan, and we're good. But like, I'd lie to you if it didn't tell you I didn't like it. It wasn't a good feeling. It came over you. But God is going to be with you all the way home. I like what Dr. Getz said when he was here about the roaring lion. You know, be, the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, even because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. Well, a, a roaring lion, he says, is not an attacking lion. A roaring lion is trying to scare you. A lot of what the devil is trying to do to you is to fear so that you insult God. And then God will take care of you. Because in, uh, when you fear, it is a lack of faith, and a lack of faith is sin. And when you're as a Christian, when you sin, Hebrews chapter 12 comes into play, where God then has to discipline you or try to convince you that he's real, that he can take care of you, that he'll trust. When I remember as a small kid, my dad would take me out ice fishing on Simonson Lake, and it would be at night, and it would, wind would be blowing, it would be snowing, and I remember... As a small child, maybe four, five, six years old, I don't remember quite how old it was, his hand would be there, and I'd put my hand, I would be scared, you know, go out there and, you know, snowing. I mean, I don't know whether he's trying to kill me or not, but I, I put my hand up in his, and I remember walking along like this. I had perfect peace walking out on the ice. Perfect peace. Because I believed my dad could take care of me. And I believed my dad wouldn't take me anywhere. Ultimately, it wouldn't be good for me. And isn't that similar to what God is to you? Don't you say, our Father, which art in heaven? Isn't he really your Father? Isn't he really the one who birthed you? Isn't he the one who designed you? Do you think he's going to abandon you, especially since you've trusted Christ as your personal Savior, his only begotten, his Son, the only begotten Son of God who came and died and gave himself for us and sacrificed? Don't you believe that through all of that, he's going to take you home? Let not your heart be troubled. Some of the last words Jesus said in John 14. You believe in God, believe also in me. He's trying to keep him from being afraid. He was leaving the disciples. The disciples had the tendency to be threatened, to be afraid. We are to resist, by the grace of God, fear when it comes on us. This is a, a spiritual decision we're told to make. Fear not is the command. The decision is, I'm not going to fear. But I'm afraid, I'm not going to fear. But I'm afraid, I'm not going to fear. But I'm afraid. How long do you want me to go on with that? Ultimately, you, say about, you start quoting Scripture. That, that, that are comforting to you, that God is with you. And, you know, bless the Lord, O my soul, all is with me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forgetting out all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, healeth all thy diseases, redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy strength is renewed as eagles or as youth. You just start quoting scripture, and the fear goes, can't take it, because you cannot mix fear and faith. They won't mix. When you begin to have faith, the fear will go by. You say, well, I tried it, it didn't work once. Well, keep trying. 
Keep trying by the grace of God. The Holy Spirit will help you on this decision. You will overcome. Oh, I'm not telling you that you're going to be exempt from being threatened with fear. It's one of the devil's major tools to try to nullify your ability to serve God. Our brother just talked about door to door. You know one of the number one reasons why people don't go to door, door, door to door is because of fear. Number one reason why people don't pass gospel tracts out, I'm safe with this, is fear. Fear of rejection, fear of being caught, fear of, fear of being rebuked, fear of something. Uh, number one reason why people uh, will, will, will not serve God actively and, t- and go into the world and preaching the gospel to every creature, I got to believe it's fear, as I've spoken to people through the years. Well, preacher, I don't know what to say. What are you afraid of? Well, just get in front of the people and say, I don't have a clue what to say, but here's a gospel tract that does. I've had people do that. Say, I don't know how to explain the gospel, but here's a tract that explains it. Read it. That's better than not doing it at all, amen? You'll be threatened. I think God's people have always been threatened by the ungodly. What's going on right now? Mrs. Pence wants to work for a Christian school that takes a stand against homosexuality. They go nuts. They ought to go nuts. But we need to be real clear that we stand for the word of God. And we're not afraid of their threatenings. Because we trust in God. If you would take your Bible to Psalm 18. Psalm 18. Psalm 18 will help you when the demon of fear comes by. Psalm 18 will help you. He says, I love thee, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock. Now, this is a whole list of things. I'm going to try to emphasize. The Lord's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. He's my strength in whom I will trust. My buckler, that's a shield. My horn of my salvation. My high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so I shall be saved from mine enemies. I don't know what's going to happen in the future in America, but I speak to my grandchildren. I speak to my own son. I say, you know, it it could be that you're the generation that's asked to die for the cause of Christ. Up to this point in America, we've had very little persecution for being a Christian. But I can tell you there's a storm coming. Unless God steps in and changes and causes revival in America. If those people do half of what they talk about, and they get in power, in a position to do it, the church of Jesus Christ in America is coming under persecution. And maybe us, maybe us old folks, will be, we'll, maybe we'll be gone. But brother, you young people, by the grace of God, are going to get to shine for Jesus. You're going to get to see what metal God has made you of. Don't worry about it. It's okay. He said, the sorrows of death compass me. There is such a thing. The floods of the ungodly men made me afraid. There's no, there, you know, he said, I wanted to be afraid. Woo! The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death went before me or prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. And he heard my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him into his ears. 
And God will help you. God's promised to be with us so many different times. Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Matthew 28, 20, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Joshua chapter 1. I mean, how much more scripture do you need? Isn't really it a matter of faith? You, you've got enough, you have enough, let me try to get my English correct. You have enough promises. You don't need more promises. You don't need more scripture. What you need is more faith. You need, to, you need to ask God, give me faith. You know, I think if you go to God and say, I want faith. I like the old boy. I like the guy whose son was, was demon possessed and the disciples couldn't cast the demon out and went to Jesus. And he said, how long since this boy had this demon? It was since a small child. And, and the guy just got frustrated and he said, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. I like that. Sometimes I go to God and I say, Lord, Lord you know, Lord, I believe. But, but, but help thou my unbelief. Do you think God's going to say, no, I ain't going to do that? Don't you think God's going to say, oh, I'll be glad to. It's like your kid coming and saying, I want to do something good. You're going to smack him for it? Yeah, smack him for it. You'll say, son, you want to do something good? I'll help you do it. I'll help you do it. And then lastly, a reason not to fear is because you're more valuable than, this is going to be comforting for you bird lovers. You're more valuable than many sparrows. How valuable are sparrows? Luke chapter 12, verse 7, he says, but even the very, these are Jesus' words, being the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Isn't it amazing how Jesus taught? He just looked around at the things that they were familiar with. He said, you see them sparrows over there? You're more valuable than many of those sparrows. I have finches at my house by the hundreds, by the hundreds, migratory finches. I got this little finch that has an orange-red breast. It's an orange-red breast. I got to ask Tom what it is. It's an orange-red breast. I call it a, a orange, an orange-bellied sapsucker. I have a yellow-bellied sapsucker at my house. I've had them too. That is actually a, that's actually a bird, yellow-bellied sapsucker. That's not your neighbor. <laughs> that's, a, that's a real bird. God cares, about, God cares about me more than that, more than he even cares about that. Folks, he's going to take care of you. Guess what? If the rapture doesn't come, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. He told you ahead of time. And you say, what, what, did, what did David say when he talked about the snares of death? There is a fear in death. Hey, there's a fear. I remember one time at 2 in the morning, my heart started going crazy. I never in my life, my whole chest would kind of out of sync and my heart was doing it. I thought, this is it. This is it. We hit the heights. We get to go home. My wife was sleeping. She cared a lot. <laughs> My wife was sleeping. I slipped out of the side of bed, walked in. I got a uh, red recliner. 
I got in my recliner and I said, if I'm going to die, this is a good place. I got in my recliner, got back there and waited for one hour to go to, I was waiting for the, the man, I was waiting for the angel to come in white, didn't show. About three o'clock, I, told, I went in and I woke her up. I said, hey, Kathy, by the way, I'm dying here. <laughs> I didn't call you. That's how compassionate I am. She says, call Dr. Crabb. I said, no, 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 no. Then there's two of us want to die. But I said, let's go to emergency room. Drive me to Health Park, my favorite place. And so it's a 45-minute drive. It didn't happen all the way there. But you know, the thought of dying was on my mind. I thought, this may be it. You know, this is, this is it. Wow, I didn't think it was going to be here now, when, why. But, it, but I, I had a beautiful feeling of comfort come over me. A beautiful feeling of, of, of that God was there. And, and I went to the nurse room. They gave me some juice, made me good, and I went home. And my wife said, you weren't going to die. And I said, why? She said, the good die young. <laughs> she told me just the other day, Bill, you're going to live to 95 years old, Doc. Brother Scora, my wife told me I'm going to live to 95 years old. She said she's going to die before me because she said, you've you, 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 you got to live a long time. Ah. I want to go to heaven. You don't have to be afraid. Folks, trust in God. There's a song like that, right? I trust in God. I know he cares for me. Something like that. Call upon the name of the Lord. He'll help you. He'll save you. He'll be with you. Oh, you may have to smell the breath of fear. You may have to have it come by and you will to visit you. But it does not stay. It just comes by. And you start quoting the Bible and you start going to the promises of God. And he'll leave. Jesus said, peace I give to you. Not as a world. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. May the Lord help us. Father, help us this morning. May you doctor us with this medicine. May this medicine of the Bible this morning heal us, help us. Fear is such a cruel taskmaster. Fear is just ruthless, unrelenting. Uh, Father, we just pray that you there be some people in this room that have been harassed by fear that they would understand that you can deliver them and seek your face. Call upon you. Begin to get serious enough to memorize some scripture. Get in the book again. Turn off YouTube. Turn off TV. Turn off Instagram. Turn off Facebook. And get in the Bible. Oh, God, help us to go to the source of our help. We pray, Father, that you'd anoint. There could be someone here this morning without Jesus Christ, your personal Savior. You've come to the right place. If you'll come forward, either now or after the service, see Brother Moon, myself, Brother Dr. Cram, 
Brother Crichton, Pastor Crab, any of us. You say, I'd like to know how to be saved. Just grab somebody by the shirt and say, I'd like to know how to be saved. Can somebody explain that to me? We'll, we'll get you the right person. And show you what it means to be saved and have your sins forgiven. Father, help us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.